Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Wednesday, May 5th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Holding companies accountable on racial justice. Plus, the real history of Cinco de Mayo. But first, reopening Florida is today's one big thing. Governor Ron DeSantis has signed an executive order to suspend all COVID-19 restrictions in the Sunshine State, which includes preventing local governments from their own restrictions. Less than 30 percent of Floridians are fully vaccinated so far. The mayor of Tampa, Florida, Jane Castor, is with me now. Thanks for being here, Mayor. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. Mayor Castor, what are you thinking about what Governor DeSantis decided? Well, actually, I was very pleased with the way that Governor DeSantis kept himself and the state government out of the initial responses to uh, COVID-19 and allowed the local municipalities and counties to make decisions that were in the best interest of their particular community. This sort of creep into home rule is is something that um, I would rather the governor stay out of, you know, to put the executive order in place that overrode a lot of the decisions that we've made here locally that will address the particular needs of our community, uh, I believe is an overreach. There was no consultation or warning prior to that announcement. Clearly, the governor can't mandate steps that are being taken on private property or in private organizations and and corporations. So if the governor puts this executive order in place, we will just focus on other avenues to take to ensure that our community is vaccinated and that we are safe uh, from COVID-19. How challenging is it for you to have a governor who seems to be taking a different position than you are when it comes to something like vaccines? Well, I I never have any issue with individuals that, you know, take different stances or positions than I do. But it can be rather confusing for our residents when you have these surprise steps by the governor. And it, it really, it really frankly breaks my heart when this COVID-19 pandemic, something that should have brought us all together as a nation, was turned into a political issue because there is nothing political about COVID-19. So do you think the pandemic is over for you and for Tampa? No, the pandemic's not over for our nation. Right now, we have had a rather dramatic drop in the number of individuals that are getting vaccinated. So we have continued to focus on that particular effort, ensuring that we're getting a lot of our younger residents vaccinated. And we have a number of initiatives that are geared towards getting them vaccinated. I believe that we have reached a great spot right now and that we are continuing on the downward trend for the number of cases, but it's not over yet. Jane Castor is the mayor of Tampa, Florida. Thank you for being with us, Mayor. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. In a moment, why more people are paying attention to shareholder meetings this year. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Welcome back to Axios Today. 
It's a time of year when companies are holding shareholder meetings. And as Axios's Courtney Brown was just telling me, normally these are boring procedural things. But for activists, these meetings have taken on new urgency as they're trying to hold companies accountable for racial justice issues. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Nyla. How are you? So, Courtney, the main way activists are trying to do this is by pushing racial audits. What is that? Basically, they want companies to hire third parties who will comb through all of their businesses, their products, their services to see if anything they're doing perpetuates systemic racism in America. And if it does, how? And I think shareholders are hoping that that audit will lead companies to look at that report and change some of their tactics if they do, in fact, find something. And what kind of companies are we talking about here that would be subject to these racial audits? So a lot of the financial corporations are facing calls to do racial audits, Goldman Sachs, Citibank, J.P. Morgan, but also companies like Amazon. How are they responding? Well, they are asking shareholders to vote against these proposals. And that may seem a little bit surprising considering the past year when, you know, Axios has covered this extensively. Corporations have really stepped up and acknowledged, in some cases, their role in perpetuating systemic racism. They've made all sorts of pledges to hire more workers of color. They've donated, you know, millions and millions of dollars to efforts that would combat systemic racism. So there's a little bit of confusion, you know, if, if that's what you've been saying the past year. Why is it that now when shareholders are asking for a racial audit of your business, you're fighting back? And the answer to that is companies say that these proposals are very rigid. There's not a lot of flexibility in them. And they argue that some of what shareholders are calling for, they're already in the midst of doing. So they're telling shareholders that we don't need to do this. You should vote against it. We're already making headway on this front be interesting to see how all of these turn out. Courtney Brown writes the Closer newsletter for Axios. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks, Nyla. This week, Axios's Russell Contreras has become our lost history correspondent. Earlier in the week, we looked at efforts to document and remember the Tulsa massacre 100 years ago. Today, we wanted to talk about the real history of Cinco de Mayo. Hey, Russ. Hello. Russ, people might only know Cinco de Mayo from commercials or restaurant specials. When did that version of Cinco de Mayo start happening? That happened in the 1980s when beer companies and corporations wanted to tap into the Hispanic market. They noticed that a certain segment celebrated Cinco de Mayo and they started co-opting the holiday. But this day has a deep history that goes all the way back to the U.S. Civil War. Can you tell us about that? Yes, so right around the time that the Battle of Puebla happened in Mexico, when the invading French army were defeated by a group of indigenous soldiers, in California, Latinos coming from South America, Central America, and Mexico saw this as a victory against slavery. See, they thought the French and the South were one and the same. So when this group of indigenous soldiers in Mexico defeated the powerful French army, They saw this as a fight against slavery. So for years afterwards, when Cinco de Mayo was celebrated or honored in California, it was honored with a Civil War persona. They saw the holiday and the freedom for African-American enslaved people one and the same. Axios' race and justice reporter, Russell Contreras. Thank you, Russ. Thanks for having me. 
finally, two more stories we're watching. President Biden announced a new vaccination goal yesterday. 70% of Americans with at least one shot by the 4th of July and 160 million fully vaccinated against COVID. The new plan includes more vaccines for rural areas and reading doses for children aged 12 to 15 as soon as that's approved. Also, Facebook is expected to announce this morning a decision on whether or not to reinstate former President Trump to the social media platform. For the latest on that decision, check out this afternoon's Axios recap. That's it for us today. We love feedback, especially if it's a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to everyone who's already rated us there. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.